What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Matty. Welcome back to Canada Hoops. We appreciate your support. Keep finding us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm recording this now just to let you know we had a little technical issue as Kalisha and I were having our conversation. But I think we made out okay, and I think you'll enjoy it. And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Matty Ireland. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me now on Canada Hoops, representing Ajax, Ontario, is a former Westdale Warrior out of Hamilton, Ontario, Michigan State Spartan, Melbourne Boomer, and of course, a former member of the Senior Women's National Team. She is currently an assistant coach for the women's basketball team at Long Island University. She is Kalisha Keen. Kalisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's cool. Like I I mentioned before we recorded, I was super excited to have you on and uh, share your story and, and, you know, your journey in the game. Um, how are you managing the pandemic, Kalisha? How, how's it been for you and, and the team out in Long Island and, and trying to get a season through? It's been challenging. Um, it's been so different. I think um, the girls have done an awesome job of just adapting um, with the times. Uh, you know, when we started our preseason workouts, and that's when we're doing all the conditioning and, you know, that like grinded out kind of stuff. Um, they did it with masks on. Wow. And I had to tell them, like, this is going to be a story they're going to be able to tell later on because, like, just getting through preseason is tough enough, but now having to do it with a mask on is. Um, pretty impressive you know um and you know we've had to have like a condensed season uh so we've only been able to do like conference um here at liu but we've been playing like back-to-back games so it's tough now like you're, you don't have time to prepare like a week um for your second game it's you know you're playing boom boom right away so you make your quick adjustments as best as you can and um they've been doing awesome and you know we're just trying to get better every day that's the goal and and stay like mentally positive um, as much as possible. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, it's, I've mentioned this a lot on every episode with everyone, but I've always been interested to hear how everyone's managed the pandemic, whether, you know, they're coaching like yourself or they're trying to play or, uh, maybe they're in the media. Uh, it's been a wild ride and it's been, you know, everyone's got different, uh, restrictions everywhere they live. So it's just been, um, you know, interesting to hear how everyone's managed to, through this uh, unprecedented time. Um, right. I'm curious, was coaching always a path that uh, you were looking at? I know you did the, the two years as a grad assistant at uh, Michigan State, but did you feel like that was a natural way to go for you? I did. Um, it's a funny story. So I remember um, we were having like a meet and greet at Michigan State uh, with some fans. And this man um, came up to me and he was like, you know, I think you're going to be a much better coach than you ever were a player. And at the time, you know, I'm like, now, nah, like, I, you know, I wasn't right. thinking anything, but who 
and playing and yeah. you know it was all about the individual um and then you know coach merchant had a conversation with me after i was leaving and she said anytime you want to come back and be a ga like just let me know um and you know just implying like she thought i could be a good coach and she's just someone that i've always looked up to right. um so i just kind of hit a space in my career where i was like i'm kind of i think i feel ready for what's next um and i wasn't sure. yeah so she said come back whenever um and I took that opportunity. I actually like remember the day that I was like, I think I'm ready to stop playing. It was kind of hard. Like I remember talking to my parents about it um, and literally called her while I was pacing up and down the sidewalk in front of my house. And she said, absolutely. Like we'll get it done. And then like a week later I was back in East Lansing enrolled in grad school. So she's awesome for that. And that's great. And so you've just turned that into a another stop on the journey at Long Island. Right, right. Yeah, so I was there for two years. Um, and then this is my second year uh, here in Brooklyn. Cool. Um, well, let's get uh, a little bit going on your, you know, how basketball got introduced to you and how you really started loving the game did you did you try other sports as well or was was hoops kind of right in front of you the whole time uh yeah i tried other things my dad was huge on us like doing so we did like karate swimming um volleyball was big um i love volleyball i actually played like rep volleyball for a while um loved it got to travel with it too a bit but basketball was always like that like love that i had from the get-go and, um, you know, when you start playing and, you know, you start saying, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hooper. Who did, who did you look up to on the basketball court? You know, whose game did you really like? Um, I loved Angie Noble Ryder. So she went to school in Toronto. She was at Jarvis, um, collegiate, uh, and got to watch her play live, um, one time. And it was like, I couldn't believe what she was doing with the ball. Like she was awesome. Like I, I just loved her game. Um, I also really loved watching Denim Brown play. Uh, he was so entertaining, so smooth, you know, like just calm assassin kind of vibes. Um, and I've always looked up to like watching like Diana Taurasi. She was like my favorite college player um, growing up. So I would definitely say those three for sure. Well, that's cool. And I feel like, uh, well, Diana's, arguably one of the best uh, women's players ever. I mean, she's just uh, had an incredible, yeah. And, 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 and in Canada, like for the men's side, Denim is, he's kind of a guy that doesn't get mentioned enough. He was really, like he really kind of just put the country on notice in terms of, you know, scouts coming across and his legendary 111, some say 113 point game. Um, he was a guy that I was always, yeah, I was always trying to follow him too. He was, he was incredible. Um, well, the game is kind of a family business for you all. I mean, you're here and you're sharing your journey and your sister, Takima was a good player. She played at Cleveland state. And of course, uh, your brother Keza, who's a, a friend of Canada hoops and is about to represent Canada again at the FIBA America Cup qualifier in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, is it safe to say, you know, the Keene family is uh, one of a few basketball royalty families in Canada. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's safe to say that. I, I feel weird saying it um, just because I think we've just, we just have always done what we do. I, I don't think we've ever looked for any, you know, uh, label or thing like that. But I, I just love that we all fell in love with the same thing because uh, we were we were raised to be close. Um, we've always been close, still are. Um, so it was kind of cool that we had something to kind of like relate to and then like all go outside and play together um, and have those like battles outside on the net in our front yard. Um, and like those debates in the house, like who's the best shooter, you know, who's the, all that stuff was always like fun and we still do it now. So uh, it's, it's hilarious. I love it. And I'm just proud of them. Uh, I'm so proud of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they both had great careers and uh, Cage was still going. And, uh, you know, I was going to say the family runs or the pickup games must have been tough for sure. Yes. Yeah. They got, they got very heated uh, for sure. Especially uh, when we all were like kind of around the same, like same level, I think like uh, it got intense, but now like my dad still feels like he's uh, able to jump out there and we got to like, let him know, like, all right, like it's not time. (laughs) (laughs) You got to slow down dad. Um, Right. Kalisha, as you were moving through your high school career, and uh, you finished. You played your senior year at uh, Westdale with the National Elite Development Academy. Um, you know, you really were getting a lot of attention. Uh, ranked one of the top fifty collegiate prospects, number one player in Canada. You know, you were playing for Canada at the junior level. Um, you know, was that when you were really starting to think, like, yeah, okay, this is my path. Uh, this is what you know the game is going to do for me. Um, did you feel like, you know, that was your moment? Yeah, I think um, going to the NIDA program and leaving home and, you know, leaving the comfort of being able to, like, wake up and have mom and dad there every day and, you know, going to school with friends that you knew um, at Sinclair, um, I think that was a huge, I think, turning point in terms of, like, okay, like, this is serious, you know, like, this is something that... Um, is a, is a daily thing that you're waking up to do. Like, cause we, we had like a schedule that we would wake up, bus to the gym, practice 7am, go to class, come back, weights, workout, basketball again. So it was like, we were in the gym constantly. And it was like some of the best competition that I've had um, at that, that time, you know, in terms of like everyone on that team went either division one or, or high CIS um, level, you know, so it was competitive practices and, um, Christine Stapleton was awesome um, and just in terms of just how intense she was daily and kind of instilling that like work ethic within us because um, I felt super prepared for college in terms of just the grind of the schedule. I don't think you can ever be prepared for everything, but I felt like that really prepared me. Um, I think all of us, to be honest, to be the best that we could be once we stepped foot on campus. Well, that's, you bring up a good point because it was going to lead into another question I have for you, but a lot of players, you know, when they make that jump and they go from high school to college, you know, they have sort of an adjustment period both on and off the floor. Um, but not you, you, you got, you got to Michigan state and you were giving teams work right away. I mean, you, you know, you started every game as a freshman. It was, it was impressive and it was, um, 
I don't want to say a rare thing, but it, it's a common thing for players to, you know, kind of get their their feet under them that first year. Yeah, it it was kind of like the perfect storm a little bit in terms of like a, the player who would have been starting at my position actually unfortunately ended up getting hurt. So it was like I was ushered into, okay, we need you to perform at a high level as a freshman. Like I, I didn't have much time to like allow that just to unfold naturally. So in essence, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for me, obviously terrible for my teammate um, to be hurt, but you know, I was able to get a lot more minutes than I probably would have in a little bit longer of a leash as a freshman in terms of like, um, you know, mistakes that were made, not made, that kind of thing. So uh, I definitely, I definitely kind of have to make sure I mention that because I find now like we, um, being in the coaching um, industry, it's like we see like the great part of the story, but we don't realize like everything that led up to it. So now I'm always trying to like, you know, speak with my players like, hey, like sometimes it got to put in a little bit more work to get to that space or sometimes it just happens quicker you know but I think at the end of the day we always have to fall back on the work that we put in and always be ready you know right um and so you're a celebrated Michigan State Spartan and I'm just curious as you were getting ready to go there and, and leaving um uh, leaving Westdale there, what, what were your offers and, and recruitment like? Was, um, you know, Michigan State high on the list or were, what were your other schools like? Uh, I had a, a lot of offers. Um, I I considered like a, a lot of schools in like the East Coast area, the Big Ten area. Um, I actually went on an official visit to Providence College also, which um, was awesome. Like I had such a great time. Um, and it was like, I really bonded with the team there. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that I stayed kind of close to home cause it was very important for my family, um, to be able to come and like watch games and that kind of thing. So, um, kept it relatively close, you know, four and a half, five hours, um, drive is, is easy. My parents were at all of the games, like they didn't miss any. So, uh, I'm really glad that I made that choice and Yeah. Well, you know, you had a great career there, Kalisha, and you're, like I said, a, a celebrated Spartan. Uh, you collected a lot of accolades, you know, especially in your senior year, Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, you were an All-American team captain, you know, leading scorer for your team. Uh, you know, when you look back at your career at Michigan State, you know, what are your best memories uh, being a Spartan? Oh, so many. Um I think winning the Big Ten championship and so so we won like the regular season and like uh, unfortunately we had we lost our senior night game so senior night game is always like a huge game because last time you're playing on your home court you really want to get that win and we actually ended up losing and I actually like split open my eye uh, here in the game and it was bleeding and stuff and at the end it's like all the photos have like just blood and bandage you know but it, we're all like bawling looking up at this banner going up in the the rafters so like lost the battle but like won the ultimate war at that time and uh, I just remember like watching go up there and being like dang like we we did it you know like we we left it better than we found it we we worked so hard together as a group um, especially like the class that I came with um, Satara Washington 
Brittany Thomas, Lakendra Johnson, like we, we really wanted to like leave something there, you know? And uh, I still talk to those guys to this day. Uh, those are my sisters and I love them, you know? So uh, that that is an awesome memory for sure. And um, yeah, they, like they always say, like you don't ever really remember like the, the games and stuff like that, which is true. It's wild, but um, I'll never forget that feeling of being like, we, we did something, you know? Well, I like how, uh, you know, your memories kind of are a lot of around your relationships, you know, because I think that's a, a common theme, you know, the wins uh, and losses. I've said this before, kind of come and go, but those relationships and friendships, they last forever, you know, and that's, um, I think that's what, yeah, a lot of people want to take that, take that out of the game, you know. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I was looking at, you know, for our listeners that don't know you and don't know your game so much, uh, listen, I was looking at clips of uh, at you at Michigan State, and uh, people got to realize you were you were a baller and you were putting in a lot of work, and uh, you know your game uh, needed to be respected big time. And and your teammates in in other interviews and clips that I was looking at, you know, they they reflected that they had a, a lot of respect for you. Um, you know, big shot Cal, they called you and, uh, you were always there to, to produce and put the team on your back. So I think that should be celebrated. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, so you finish up at Michigan state and you turn pro and you're looking to go pro. What were your, your options and your places to go? What was ahead of you that in that sense? Honestly, uh, I was so green. I think this is definitely the period of my career where I was like, I wish I had more direction. Um, uh, my first um, job was in Croatia. Uh, got really good money. It was in a great league. I was in the Euro League, uh, but I was in like this really small town um, that. I don't even remember what the population was, but I remember that it was so small that they played one movie a week at this really small cinema. And it was one English movie. And it was always Sweet Home Alabama. And just, like, I, I can't make this up. And I was just like, wow, like, if I would have known what I knew now, then, like, do you sacrifice a little bit of money in order to kind of just enjoy a little bit more of where you are because like it's such a change in terms of like dynamic of life like around basketball like when you're in college it's family it's you're hanging with your teammates all the time and then when you go pro it's very we're here to do a job we're in and out and then you kind of go your separate ways and at the time the teammate that I played with was more of a vet in in the business she had her own life, you know? So I was just going home, getting on the computer and didn't really like um, have a good balance, I think. Um, but that would be the one thing that I would be like, you know, anybody who's going overseas now, like, yes, like you are there to make money, but also make sure that you're enjoying your time. Like get out, travel, like meet new people, experience the culture, um, assimilate a little bit, you know, like, um, so my first year, I don't think I did a great job of that. Um, but as I got um, more years under my belt, that was so important to me. So I remember, you know, being in Turkey and get it. I literally walked, I would get out my 
room and just get lost a little bit. And I remember looking through the mirror of this barbershop and this man was like old school shaving. So he was like lathering up the cream and brushing it on this man with the brush. And he was shaving him with like the blade, you know, and I was just watching through the window, just enjoying it. They like motioned for me to come inside. And at the time, you know, I'm like 20, one twenty two, and I'm like, oh God, like I can't go in here. Uh, but I went in and the guy who was actually being shaved spoke English and the barber did not. So it was like, he was translating through us. I got tea, we sat down. It was like such a great, cool experience um, that I'll never forget. Um, so just little moments like that um, mean so much. And then I remember, I'll never forget Australia. Australia was the best. Um, I the owner of the team, they were just so gracious, so like welcoming. And they actually got me um, tickets to go watch the Australian Open. And my mind was just like, like it was amazing because I got to see Serena play. Um, and it's just little things like that that I, I'm so grateful for, you know, um, through it all. Like this basketball thing has allowed me to meet so many great people, have so many cool experiences and see the world and it, it's it's actually like mind-boggling sometimes when i think about it to be honest i i wanted to ask you about your time in australia because the the w nbl there is a a really good league it's well run uh they do a lot to uh promote the women's game uh, and several canadians have or are playing there um you know what what makes that league um a top tier league, so to speak for, for women's basketball. Well, I think it's just like you said, like they, they put the energy into it. They put the time, the money, they run it so well. Like it's so organized. Um, I think there's a, there's a great passion behind it. I think they believe in women's basketball. They believe in, you know, female athletes. Um, the competition's good. Australian uh, basketball, basketball, Australia, they're, super fit, like very um, technically sound. They're strong. They're competitive. Like if you were to create like a prototype, you would be like, this is, this is kind of who we want to model after a little bit. Um, it doesn't hurt that they speak English also. <laughs> so I think a lot of people like going there because the ease of just the, the communication um, is awesome. And the fan base is, is great too. They're the, the fans come out and support and they like do a great job of interacting with the crowd, you know, really creating like that almost like WNBA, NBA feel of a game, you know, where this is entertainment um, and, and it's great. And it, honestly, a lot of people who've played overseas um, will attest to this. Like you don't really have to do a lot of like bus traveling. So in Europe, you're traveling sometimes like 12 hour bus trips, getting off playing where Australia, like, you're either driving like under an hour to two hours or you're flying, you know? So it's, it's just run so smoothly. Um, yeah. Kalisha, there's been some chatter lately. I'm not sure if you've seen this, um, about having, you know, a strong domestic pro league in Canada for women, uh, similar to what the CEBL has started to become for the men. You know, how important could that potentially be in terms of, you know, young girls and young women seeing that they could play at home after college and not necessarily needing to go overseas? And then, you know, just really growing and promoting women's basketball in Canada even more beyond what it is now. I think it's huge. I, It's so huge. I think it would be an amazing thing. Um, 
especially for it to be like Canadian ran um, and and focused. I think that's that's a big piece too because you don't want to lose um, that Canadian aspect of it. I think um, I think that representation is so important. So for young girls to be able to look and see like this is a professional league that I could aspire to play in, you know, that's like the tipping point for a lot of young girls that um, right now they have college where they can look and see like the representation on games are being played on TSN. Like, I think that's amazing. Like young girls can turn on the TV and see, hey, I can go play, um, you know, anywhere in the United States or I can play in the CIS, you know, like it's more the more they see, the, the more that they can aspire to be. So I, I'm so excited about that as an opportunity. I think that'd be awesome. And I think that there is a market there that is untapped that I think is is special. You know, like with players right now, like Kia, um, Natalie, like those guys being the frontier of kind of like, it's weird to think that they're like the vets now because they were the babies when um, I was still playing and stuff. But now they're like doing such an awesome job of, you know, being great ambassadors for the sport, you know, they, they're still cool. Like they're still, you know, kids want to still like aspire to be just like them. So I think it, it's a great idea. And I really hope that it gets off the ground for sure. And, and I would love to, if I could be, be a part of it in any way. So if you know, let me know. And I would love to, for sure. Well, I mean, I would support it. I mean, I've I've talked to the the men that have come on the podcast in terms of the CEBL for them and how important that is. Um, you know, guys that have come on have played in it. Um, you know, and they they rave about it. And you know, they mention all the things you just mentioned in terms of Canadian ran um, and that opportunity for guys to play at home because um, that's been sorely missed and. You know, I believe there's a market for it, and if they could model it in a similar fashion, um, I think it would be successful. And I think, you know, if the top women, like you mentioned, like a uh, Natalie has been vocal about it. She has said, you know, this would be a great idea. I know she's still putting time in in WNBA, but if the top players like herself or Kia um, were supporting it, I think it would, um, you know, come to fruition really quick and you know it's important for young women and young girls to have that right in front of them as a as a focus and a goal um you know so i I hope i hope it could it can kick off you know that would be ideal um i just want to get into you know your time with canada basketball kalisha and just um you know that's kind of a focus of the podcast like i mentioned before uh, with the program and then Canadian players, you know, you've represented Canada, both the the junior and senior level. Uh, you helped the team win bronze in the FIBA Americas Championships in 2011, silver in 2013. Um, you know, what are your best memories playing for Canada at both levels? You know, new friendships perhaps and relationships with teammates and players you didn't know before perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Um... I definitely like when I think back of my time uh, with Canada basketball, I again, fall back on the relationship piece. I think um, I made some awesome friends, some, some of my best memories are like just how competitive those practices were. Um, It was phenomenal, like phenomenal basketball. Um, And just like the, the attention to detail that Canada basketball 
took and still does take, I think is special. I think they really put time into developing their athletes and teaching them the right ways to do things and um, teaching them how to be like self-motivated, driven, while also still being a part of this bigger picture that is greater than itself, which is that, you know, Canada across your chest, you know, and um, those are memories that I'm forever grateful for, for sure. Um, I love and loved competing um, with players that I, you know, saw playing um, in the WNBA, like Kim Smith is, you know, she's still arguably one of the best players out there. <laughs> like she's, she's like a robot. I don't know how she's still doing what she's doing, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So she's awesome. Um, you know, even being able to play with some of my closest friends growing up, like, you know, the Tatum sisters, we were friends before we played there, you know, so um, things like that. And I even circle back to being able to go see Kia play with the Liberty, but playing with her when she was in high school still, you know, so it's just like awesome uh, friendships, relationships um, and that I won't forget. And I think when I think back, being able to, again, travel and see different cultures, I remember um, a memory that I have is when we were playing in Cuba and it was like almost like the changing of the guard. Like they, one younger team was getting off, they took their shoes off, placed them neatly around the court, next team came on, got their shoes on. Like it was just like, wow, like we have so much to be grateful for, you know? Um, And just seeing like, different styles of play, I think really exposed me to be the best coach that I am now because I see the game in, in all these different ways. Um, but I loved it. It, it. It's an emotional experience for sure. When you think back about like the national anthem playing um, when you're about to play and you're tearing up, but you don't even know why you're tearing up. You're just like, I love this. I love everything about this. Um, and yeah, some awesome memories for sure. Um. You know, I tend to look at every player who's played for Canada as someone who's, you know, played a role in growing the game and the program further and further. Do you feel that same way, you know, when you reflect back with your time with Canada basketball? Because you were coming in and you were playing with probably players that you looked up to, like a Kim, Kim Smith, but then you were setting the path for a player like Kia or Natalie to come in and they can look at you and like, yeah, I want to be like Kalisha. Do you feel that way as you, as you look back on it? Honestly, I, I don't in the sense of, I don't think I ever was conscious of anything. I think I was super, um, super into that moment. And I, I really just appreciated like the ability to compete. I think I, I love competing. Um, and to compete against the best in the country and then go out and compete against the best in the world was always like that driving force for me. Um, when I reflect back now, I, I'm glad that I got to be part of something bigger than myself. And if I can look back and, you know, have, you know, someone like yourself say like, you know, it's awesome that you were a part of paving the way. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. Like, I'm so glad that I was given that opportunity and some days sucked and some days were awesome. <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah it's just about being something bigger than yeah no i i hear you on that and i feel like um you know as i mentioned to you before we we jumped on and just following the program both from a men and women's side obviously uh 
and getting a sense of how they, how far things have come, I think it's important to recognize, you know, the contributions of everyone and, you know, paving the way because, yeah, you know, players have looked at the NBA or the WNBA or players playing overseas and, you know, idolizing those players, but uh, have that opportunity to represent your country and looking at the players that have done that before you is, is crucial. And, you know, it only, it only furthers the game to, you know, where it's at now. And that, that kind of goes to my next question. You know, if you, are you surprised at how far the game has come in Canada? If you look back, especially let's just say that like the last 10 years and the women's program has done an, an exceptional job um, of being really relevant. Uh, you know, they're, you know, they're ranked fourth in the world. They've made the last two Olympics. Uh, well, third, third now with Tokyo, if we can get that going. Um, did you see this coming? Like the gate, the game has just exploded. Like, could you have ever sort of imagined it that way? Honestly, yeah, yeah. I, having been there um, through the grind and like working with the team, um, and just like this explosion of social media and just like ability to reach like so many more homes. I think like the players were always there, the talent was always there, um, and now it's like turned a corner in terms of like meddling being ranked top five, like that kind of stuff has definitely turned the corner. I know always, I always felt like that was going to happen, but to be able to see it happen, I think is the hugest um, change, you know, because like we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, now you can reach out to people and find them on Instagram, Twitter, you know, create, like create this story to be able to follow um, is huge. And now it's like, you can watch I, I got, my mind was blown when I was like, wow, they are airing college games at home now, WNBA games. Like, that is huge. So now let's get these Olympic games on the TV. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that that is the piece for sure. No, it's an important. And that's why um, I do try to get some uh, insiders or media people on too because they um, – you know, they play a role in, in sharing the game and promoting the game uh, as well, not just the players or coaches, um, you know, but they they have a role to bring the game to more and more people. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's an exciting time for the women's program. You know, we have players making impacts at every level in the NCAA, top leagues around the world, the WNBA, um, you know, and I think we should realistically expect a, a podium finish uh, this summer, hopefully the Olympics can go like we said, but I don't think it's unrealistic to expect that uh, the Canadian women would be on the podium. And, uh, you know, it's been the one question I guess I have summing up all that is, you know, comparing the women's program to the men's program, you know, there's been an obvious uh, buy-in and support from the women's players over the last let's go, you know, eight years going back to London. Um, what do you, what do you think that is? I, I know the men have issues. I would never fault a guy for not playing, but it just feels like the women, no matter what, you know, we all have uh, personal lives that we have to tend to, but they have made the effort to just play every summer, compete and just further the program. Do you, do you get a sense of why that is? I 
I think it's hard because I don't think there's la- like a lack of participation in terms of their want to, I think for the men, I think like they have a passion they want to play with the best. They want to, you know, represent their country. There are a lot of guys who do want to compete at those. They're being paid a lot of money to do this job. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that for them, I think. Um, and I think a, a huge piece on the women's side is that we aren't playing during professionally during the, the time that's allotted for the national team to play, you know? Um, so I think that that's huge, but I think a big piece that like turned the corner for the, the women to have like a great buy-in was the support that they have gotten um, once we were based in um, Edmonton and there was like so much, um, energy effort being poured into the program and then you see what happens right so I think that that support is so huge and that's why even like you know the the league being started the support being given like once you put a little energy into it like it's it's almost exponential how far it can go because the talent is there you know so I think for the the men's side it's just finding a way to balance the time that they can be together um Cause that's hard to like, you know, a lot of the countries are practicing a lot like men. Um, they, they practice a lot longer than, you know, Canada can. Um, so it's hard. I, I don't think it's a lack of want to, uh, like they're, they want to be there. I think it's just tough. Like it's tough. Well, I mean, if you look at lately, I mean, the men, you know, the talent pool is deep as well. And you got them all over to go to this tournament, especially during the pandemic. So hats off to them. And this was something that I talked to Kays about too, where it's like, you know, they understand that the program is bigger than themselves. And, you know, if, if, if they can qualify this summer, yeah, a lot of the guys that are perhaps playing in this tournament uh, this weekend in Puerto Rico may not make the roster for, the Olympics should they qualify but they're okay with that it's more about you know putting the program in that situation so I, I'm on the same page I you know I've, I've said this lots where I understand the responsibilities that the men have um, but uh, on the flip side you know it, it almost it's almost like at the same time the women don't get enough uh, appreciation for what they've done and um, you, you know true followers understand and they, and they support the women but you know, the women's program has done an excellent job um, keeping people bought in and committed. So it's exciting to see. Um, I like to ask everybody when they come on Canada Hoops, Kalisha, who's their top five for Canada basketball is. And I'll say this, um, you were a hell of a player, so I'd be disappointed if, if you didn't throw yourself in that. Top five. Okay. Well, we got to go with Steve Nash. I think he's, he's definitely got to go on there. That is a no-brainer. Um, I think for – I'm going to put Kim on there. I'm also going to put uh, – I can't remember her name right now, and I know this is terrible. I only have to play with her for a little bit. She's point guard Teresa was her first name. That's T. That's I can remember – um, Gabriel, right? Yes, 
Teresa's on that list. Yes, Teresa is fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like one of the best point guards I've ever played with. Um, and just like no sense, you know. Um, uh, that's three. Okay, two more. Um, Tammy Sutton Brown, she's on there. She's Trailblazers. She's also from like where I'm from, so she she's awesome. Um, and then the fifth person. This is hard. <laughs> uh, so many like that. Fifth person. You know what? I think right now I. She's on this list because I think she is a competitor and she's done it at so many different levels. And I think she's still like tapping into like her greatness and I'm putting Kia on there. I think she has been able to balance the, all of the new things that have happened could actually be like super negative, right? Like the attention, the media, like all that. And she's been able to balance that with like class, a fierce competitive nature. And she's a winner, you know? So she, that's my fifth spot, for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great five, and I, I love the uh, diversity in it, and I love the, uh, you know, the balance. Just that's uh, that's a good five. Everyone's five is really different. I always look forward to asking that question. And I know you listened to Kaza's episode, but he threw you in his five. I love that. Yeah, I can't. I can't give all this love because he like really bigs me up, and I'm always kind of like, "All right, buddy, like settle down." Because I, <laughs> I just like teasing him like that. But he's that guy is awesome. He um, one of the hardest working kids I've ever met, and I, I, I'll never forget when he was in like he was playing Adam basketball. So in oh the OBA Ontario basketball, um, Adam was like they played with a little tiny ball, like it wasn't like. I want to say even the nets were a little lower, but the ball was tiny. And this was like back in the day of like the VHS, like recording, like we popped the tape in type. And I walked to stores and he was asleep and he literally, the tape was done. He fell asleep, like taking notes of himself watching a game. And I was like, this kid's like seven years old. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I, that, I'll never forget that memory of him. And he's always been that guy, like diligent, hardworking, um, competitive like and he just does things the right way you know um hard hard-headed you can ask all his coaches for sure i'm sure they'll agree but he he's special you know and, and i'll never forget that memory of him it's crazy <laughs> well that's a great story and uh if i get a chance to talk to him again there i'll have to bring that up and um yeah well i mean um I mentioned this to him. It's it's exciting that um, he's getting more opportunity with the program. And I feel like um, on both sides, men and women, it's always exciting to see new players come into the program at the senior level. Um, just shows you, you know, how deep our talent is. And uh, as a longtime supporter uh, like myself, I always, uh, I always get excited about that. Um, you know, it's all about growing the game. Um, Kalisha, any, uh, Last shout outs or, or thank yous to anyone that you want to throw out there? Yeah, I honestly, I want to thank like my parents. I know this might be cliche, but I, they have sacrificed so much for us um, from the day we decided we wanted to play to, to even to now, you know, they put 
hundreds of thousands of kilometers on their car. Um, they, we never needed or wanted for anything. Um, and I think that they sacrificed and were like the epitome of what I would be like awesome parents. So I just really do want to shout them out. Um, yeah, they, 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 they really sacrificed a lot for us. And I, I think like we owe so much to them. So I just want to make sure that I shout out Hugh and Karen, uh, on, on the podcast for sure. <laughs> I love it. I actually, I believe your mom started following the podcast, I think on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's on Twitter. And so big shouts to mom. We appreciate the support. And uh, Awesome. Awesome. Sure, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I was really looking forward to it. I'm uh, I'm really keen on having more uh, female players and uh, you're now a coach, so coaches as well uh, on, the, on the podcast. Uh, that's important to me. Uh, I mentioned before, uh, you know, proud girl dad, and I, I like to, uh, you know, just I always want to demonstrate to my daughter, or our daughter, I should say, and my beautiful wife that, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, she can do anything, and uh, we, uh, we love seeing how far the game has come in the country for for females, and um, you know, again, thanks so much, and uh, you know, you'll always be a friend of Canada hoops, there, Kalisha. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. And keep it up. Like, it's so nice to see, like, just, like, the genuine energy that you're bringing to this. And there's, like, a an excitement and a humility to you that is just so, like, endearing. So thanks for having me. This was, this was awesome. Seriously. Well, that, that's very kind. Uh, just, you know, just doing what we love. And it's a family affair, uh, you know, uh, for us. And, uh, you know, it's just exciting to... Uh, you know, be a, a small part of the community in a sense. But uh, I did say that before we recorded. So I just want to thank everyone so far that's come on and the support and um, let me just sort of be a small voice or just a regular guy. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, the game has been, been a big part of my life. And um, I feel like this is a way I can kind of stay connected. And so, uh, wish you all the best down there. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, Nothing but uh, success in the future, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Kalisha. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Kalisha Keen for pulling up. I want to thank you for listening. Remember to like us, retweet us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Continue to download us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.